Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps after the Capitals blew another lead, lost Game 6 in overtime to the Florida Panthers with former Capitals defenseman Carl Lawler. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. I, I, we keep starting this podcast like this, Carl. What went wrong? I, I, what, what did you see go wrong that, that knocked the Capitals out of the playoffs in the first round for the fourth consecutive year? Yeah, I think it was uh, not that... I don't necessarily think that the Florida Panthers beat the Washington Capitals. I think the Washington Capitals beat the Washington Capitals. You know, it was... I think it was their series to to win or lose. Um, they played definitely played good enough to win it, um, and it was it was just a couple little mental lapses, a couple mistakes where where they weren't quite in the perfect position, and and that's uh, that's Florida Panthers for you. Give them an inch, they take a mile, and and they did that on just just the right amount of occasions. And the fact that the fact that they kept them to zero goals on their power play. And still ended up losing the series is is kind of remarkable too. Yeah, and, and earlier in the series we talked about kind of it was whatever Florida was going to turn it on, but and, and they did. I think the Capitals play like this against a lesser opponent, you can still win a series. Like if yeah. you play like that against maybe the New York Rangers, somebody like that, you probably win the series just on talent. But when you play like that and blow the leads, and the Panthers can score the way they can score, that's a bad recipe. Yeah, and what's interesting too is it wasn't. Barkov, it wasn't Huberto, it wasn't Duclair, you know, go down the list and they have all these guys that can do it. And then it was it Carter was Verhage. Carter Verhage, yeah. Like it's not necessarily the guy you were expecting to uh to put the dagger in you two games in a row, but uh but it was. And so I it just goes to show what kind of depth they have there. And and that's the same thing that it'll be interesting for you know how the caps can address that, right? Finding finding more depth offensive guys that can that can really chip in and turn the tide because it's, it's hard to find those guys so it'll be interesting to see what what they end up doing it wasn't like there's one reason they lost the series like Ilya Shemsonov played well for most of the series I thought he was garbage in game six I thought I, I thought you had to pin some the game six loss on someone in Samsonov but he played well the rest of the series it's not like there's one thing where you're like well if they get this they'll be fine that's what makes something like this so tough because Blowing leads is such a, a psychological thing, and guys are guys playing hurt, these sort of things. But to blow a lead in game four at home, blow a lead in game five when you're up three nothing, and then blow the lead in game six at home when you're facing elimination, that's just that you can't win like that. Yeah, well, that's it. That's what I mean. They they beat themselves. I, I don't think that you know the, a team a team that you're playing against obviously turns it up a little bit because they they have to in order to to make a push, but. Um, it's just to me, it was weird. They, they felt like they were in control the entire series, and and then they had not. It was never even a full period where they where they took the foot off the gas. It was portions of it. It was shifts, um, and it's and it's just a mental grind. Like I was talking to Mandy about it earlier today, and she was at the game, so she she could feel it. That it's just so electric when they score, 
and then it's just completely deflating when they don't. And it's interesting because it's not always that big of a difference right. in the regular season, but it goes to show you just a how invested the fans are as well, right? Because because this they know that more is on the line, but also the players too, right? It's just like you 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 you're riding a high, and then all of a sudden something doesn't go your way, and it's being able to balance it a little bit more, which, which most guys are really great at, and a lot of teams are really good at it, but but. Um, it's just way more noticeable in the playoffs. You know what? And, and when the, when the Panthers went up in that game, when Barkov scored the goal, I, like I was convinced the Capitals were not tying it. Like I, I, I there was not until the the penalty call. I was there was no part of me that thought the Capitals were actually going to tie the game. And then the penalty happens. Oshie scores. Place goes nuts. Like that's one of the the, the best atmospheres I've ever felt in that building last night. Uh, last night when Oshie scores that goal, and everyone's not you're not sure if the puck's in the net, and they announce it, and everybody goes nuts again, and Country Roads is playing, and then it's like still those nerves kind of creep in because you're facing elimination. If they don't blow that three zero lead in Florida, you're up three two in that series, and you're going to overtime with a chance to knock out the Panthers. It's a whole different vibe in the building. Oh man, there's so many so many situations you could look back and be like, oh, imagine they did this, they did oh, that. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with the Hathaway empty net goal, right? There was just so many opportunities for the for the Caps to be able to close this series out or take a serious stranglehold, and and that's I mean that's the way it works, right? You, yep. You're always going to look back and and find those. But like, let's talk about that tying goal though for a second. Three pucks, three times the puck was batted out of the air, yeah. and and then ends up finding its way in the net. Like that's just goes to show the level of skill especially with that amount of pressure and and crunch time down the end of the game there it was it was phenomenal to see and and i mean we just have to shout out dj because what a series by him i think it was amazing to see because you know at times throughout the season i think he, he took a little bit of uh a little bit of hate from people which is in my opinion uh, from coming from a place that you don't really understand what he does for that team not just on the he ice, does everything he does, he does everything and he's so good in the room and guys love him the, the fans love him so it was you know i was just so happy to see him do that because he is such a valuable piece to the to the club and the whole organization really so yeah it was fun to see but but yeah we go back and look at at we can pick apart all the chances right all the opportunities they had to to seal the deal and they will guys will do that individual players will will think about it for a while and and do a couple what ifs, but it's the uh, same thing. You have to, you just have to forget now. Yeah. When we, when we come back, I, I, I want to play a, a thing from, from TJ Oshi, kind of his thoughts on, on the series. And I want to talk more about, about TJ Oshi if we can, because he was the best Capitals player in the series. Uh, we'll get to that. And then some questions moving forward. What exit day interviews are, are, are like, and I guess the goaltending question, since we're wondering about that again, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that next on All Caps. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I think it's been different. Like I said, with the last three games, the game was in our hands. Um, so uh, that comes down to, to just finding a way to get the job done. In the other games, last couple of years, we've been down, and teams have, you know, kind of um, they've had their way with us a little bit. And I don't think the uh, the all-in aspect was quite there in, in the last couple of years. To this year, I think I think we were extremely close to being, you know, 100% everyone on board. Um, and we let three games get away from us. And, I mean, in the playoffs, it's, the margin of error is, uh, is so small. Um, one uh, bad bounce or one missed read and uh, can change the whole momentum of the game. And all of a sudden, you know, thinking you're going to go to go to their barn up 3-1, it's 2-2. Up 3-0, was 5-3, now come here. Up 2-1, I think it was under 10 minutes maybe. And then all of a sudden we're down down one in the last couple of minutes. So things happened fast and um, we just weren't, we just didn't shut the door. That was TJ Oshie after the Capitals lost game six in overtime, not shutting the door with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer on AP High Carter Steve Wino here on All's Caps. TJ is right though, Carl. Like, like that, that explains to me everything about the last few years is maybe there were excuses in previous years and there was not the excuse this year. Yeah. And if you look at the way they played, like he, he, he nailed it. They, they looked bought in, right. They, oh, yeah. they, they looked solid, like compare them to Florida. Um, I, I feel, I feel way better about the caps game than the Panthers game. You know, they, the Panthers were, were fortunate that they have, you know, a little, maybe a little bit more of that, uh, I don't even know if talent's the right word, but you yeah, know what I, think, I mean. I think like, skill. I think, I think they have the young skill that that, that yeah. you guys used to have. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say that they just had a little bit more of that, but but their game is just like kind of wide open, right? The Caps didn't have that. You, they were they were a completely different team from the regular season to the playoffs. There, like that. That's a team that buys into something that they know needs to happen in order to win. And you know, I I look back at the we had the one year when Dale Hunter was the coach. I, I thought of all the years I was there, that was the hardest team to play. We were the hardest team to play against of all the years I was there. We shut everything down. We didn't care about run and gun. Um, we still had the players to go out there and run and gun if we had to, but we were bought into a system that was boring as heck to watch and we would bide our time and, and score on the power play. And and it just didn't work out. And those are the years that are are almost more frustrating than the ones where you're just you know, you come out like a bat out of hell and you should win every game 5-3, 5-4, 6-4, whatever it is. And so I feel like that's probably part of the frustration too is knowing that they were they were right there. And it's just like like looking back at some of the goals, like a, a bounce over a stick on a play that's typically routine, a routine dump in. Or Ferivari, a off Ferivari, like an in. Exactly. Like these are the things that happen in the playoffs and in the regular season, you can just forget about it and go on to the next game. You're not playing the same team again. It's just whatever. But in the playoffs, it's it's magnified, and and you have to face that same opponent the next day, and it's just hard to 
it's just hard to get out of that spiral that can that can end up happening. So, you know, I I, I don't I guess I don't feel I don't feel their pain the same way, but I completely understand what he's saying there. And and I think I think the the, the fans and media and everybody can see that they were they were bought in. They were, and by the way, I, I think Ben Raby and I talk about this all the time. That 2012 team, up until 2018, was the that that was the Capitals' best chance to win a Stanley Cup. That was your best chance. Yeah, I definitely think so. And we were so close. Like talk about talk about moments that that you go back and think about. Like one one high sticking penalty where a guy ends up bleeding, and and the series is series is over. It's just kind of it's what it's those things that you can look back on and and try and pinpoint the pinpoint the issues but yeah it's that's that's playoff hockey there's very few teams that can get through an entire playoffs without being completely bought in um and and just strictly rely on on skill it's it just doesn't happen in the postseason yeah and, and let's 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 actually talk about uh, tj here because six goals in the series team high led the team in scoring all of that like what was he doing so well it was just it just he was scoring he provides the energy and he had to provide more energy because tom wilson wasn't in the lineup yeah so Place to score goals, front of the net, right? That's that's just where you do it. Pucks yep. come there. There's there's mayhem. They're bouncing all over the place. You you stand in front of the net, and, and good things happen. Then you and you have as much uh, skill as he does with his with hand eye coordination, being able to tip pucks. That that's just even better, right? Um, his determination. He's so gritty. Wants to win every single battle. He's the guy that. Uh, that said to me, I don't know that I said the story on here yet, but I think it was the first year he was with us, and we we're in we we're doing a power play PK practice, and uh, I I think I stripped him of a puck in the corner, and I was going to go dump it out like kind of casually, right? Uh, as I'm on the PK, and then out of nowhere he picks my pocket from behind, he takes it to the net, one pass, they score, and I'm just like, what the heck just happened there? Like I had this, I was just about to dump it out. <laughs> He skates past me and he just says, never give up, never surrender. And I started dying laughing. Like, <laughs> that's just his attitude, right? He's he's never going to quit. He's always going to be involved in a play. And and I really took that to heart. And I, I say it to my kids now all the time that that's <laughs> that's got to be their motto. And so that's just the type of player he is. And I think he he definitely brought his game to the next level. You know, he, he, has, he has the skill to be able to make, you know, fancy plays and toe drags and stuff through – the neutral zone and blue lines and stuff, um, which that's more of a regular season thing. And I don't think he he did that very often in the playoffs. You could see he was a little bit more even straight lines at, at times and, and just doing what he had to do in order to get into the next position. And that's that's just awesome to see. It just that's that's the switch that was flipped, the playoff switch. And um yeah, he brought it to the next level. It would be nice to see a few other guys that could have got there too. Yeah, and and, and that's and we'll, we'll, we'll let's talk about that uh, in the next segment here because we just I just found out the exit day interviews are Sunday, uh, so we're good to talk to everybody about that. So Carl and I, when, when we come back here, we'll talk about kind of what those exit interviews are like, not the interviews we have to do, but with with coaches, GMs, and that sort of thing, and kind of some of the questions facing the Capitals as we go into another uncertain offseason. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino. Uh, again, kind of breaking down what went wrong with the Capitals. Another first-round exit, losing in six to the Florida Panthers. But uh, exit interviews are our Sunday, and you've been through many of these over the years, Carl. Like, what is it like for players kind of having those interviews? What went right? What went wrong? The exit physicals, what guys were playing with? Because, A, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about, about injuries and, and what guys are dealing with this time of year. And kind of what... What is it like to go through all of that? Well, it's a lot. I mean, there's, that's a lot right there. Um, you know, I guess we can start with with the injury stuff because that's always interesting. I think for fans to find out what everybody's dealing with, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, whether it's yeah. John Carlson, we we know Tom Wilson was was a knee issue of, of sorts. Yeah. So yeah, that's I guess see the severity if they'll even say you know yeah. what the severity is, um, and then all these little bumps and bruises that that can just completely change your game you know like i i explained it to you and i explain it here too like there's there's uh, the, my last year there i had a ha- hand injury where i could barely hold on to my stick and and um me and orpy were on brooks orpic were on the ice and and um uh patrick hornquist ended up getting a breakaway pass going in and scoring it was like a pretty big goal yep. in that in that game and i was playing the right side and so as a lefty like i got to bring my stick over to that side and all i can remember is like going through my head is like oh, I, I can't move my stick fast enough because my hand is is mangled and I'm like if it was if it was a normal hand I poke that puck away you know 99 times out of 100 and it's just one of those things that we don't know or fans don't know what little issues they had that you know changed their game from being you know a, a perfect you know 10 out of 10 feeling versus a 5 out of 10 feeling and that's even even a 7 out of 10 feeling in the playoffs is is huge so we'll find some of those details out and that's kind of what these exit physicals are seeing how how bad it is are you going to be cleared or are you not going to be cleared you're going to have to you know get your surgery done right away it's just a it's just normal you know the teams that that get all the way to the finals and win from my understanding is they're typically a little bit more healthy they don't have any of those those really big devastating injuries and and they can find a way to win or they have somebody just come out of nowhere and and step up so that that's always interesting that's part of the um, luck though right that, that's part of the, the, the what you need to go right in, in a playoff run that is yeah you need matchups you need no injuries and you need some luck right those are the three the three big things right there so unfortunately they didn't have that and then the the meetings itself those are always kind of interesting because <clears throat> so much depends on are you free agent the next year are you still under contract and and so it'll either be you'll go into your meeting knowing like kind of the direction it's going in if i had a good year then my meeting is going to be pretty good you know we're going to talk about some of the good things we did how we can get even better next year if you've had a tough year then it's you know (laughs) the conversation is a little bit more awkward um well the the coaches will go over things that you need to be better on and and stuff like that and then you go even deeper um sometimes there's questions about the coaching staff and the trainers and things like that. And then you, you give your opinion on, on, on that stuff. And, and you, some guys are brutally honest and other guys uh, just would rather, you know, plead the fifth. Not Were you not brutally say, honest? I was never brutally honest. I was, uh, I would never offer up any information that wasn't specifically asked for. Like, okay. Hey, we need to know, we need to know this because we're thinking about making a change. And in that case, yeah, but I'm always weary of like, being tested too right like hey what do you think of uh let's just say let's just say carly what do you think of carly and i'd be like oh you can go brutal the year or something like that and they're testing me you know like i was always worried something like that and then that obviously 
never ended up happening. It never happened, happened like that. But I'm always thinking, you know, are they trying to find out something about the type of guy I am? <laughs> so it was, it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so that's how those meetings go. And uh, you're always curious to see how things shake out. Like we've talked about the Barry Trotz thing, right? How did those, how did those year end meetings go? Probably not good for Barry. It doesn't seem like it because we're all trying to figure out how this ended up the way it is. I haven't heard anybody say that they were expecting this. And if they were expecting it, then they must have known something that nobody else something knows. Was which, something yeah, was off. Yeah, so it's just strange. But uh, that's some weird things can come out of those meetings, and they have in the past. Yeah, and, and, and we're, we're, we'll debrief and, and do plenty of off-season conversation later. But I do want to get your thoughts on, on, on two things before we go. One is is the goaltending situation. Did, did Ilya Samsonov or Vitek Vanacek earn another year here? What are they going to? What what should they do there? And Nick and, and his health. How big of a concern is that moving forward? <clears throat> so let's start with the goalies there. I'm honestly, I'm still torn. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm, but... I'm torn too because I don't know. I, well, a, a, you don't know who's available. But the question is, if you're this team and you can pick one of those two guys to bring back, who do you bring back? Do you bring back Samsonov because he's the high risk, high reward, can can steal games? Do you bring back Vanacek because clearly Peter Laviolette prefers him and he's stable? So the way that I would look at it probably is because I feel like they're so even, different, different goalies, but kind of even um, in what they will bring is you probably go out there and look who's going to give you the best value in a trade. Sure. You know, like I always look back and I don't know the details of it, but look back to the the stuff with Vegas and Flurry and, and Robin Leonard. Like I would assume Flurry was more of a desirable asset to teams. They got nothing for him. Vegas got literally nothing for Marc-Andre Fleur. That's the thing. It's like they did not there wasn't there wasn't enough done there, but you look at like what other teams are gonna want, right? Sure. So who do teams want more? Do they want Sammy or Sam do Tom. they want Vitek, right? Sam that's Tom, for sure. So then that's that's kind of maybe the way you go. And if you can get something really good in return and and you feel like they're pretty even goalies, then you know, you you get rid of the one that's gonna bring bring you back more, right? So that's my that's my yeah. take on it. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right. I, th- I think I think in the goalie situation that if you're going to bring in a one A, if you if you're gonna go get a Cam Talbot, a Darcy Kemper, someone like that, and and you need a one B who's solid who plays thirty eight to forty times a year, Vitek mm-hmm. Vanacek will will give you that if you don't need him to start in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I think he'd be great great in that position if you can go out there and find somebody else then. Then by all means, explore that option. But I'm at, at this point. I I feel like it's a bit of it's a it's a toss up, and it is. <laughs> and this goes to the the coaching staff and the goalie coach and and whoever they they feel like they they can mold a little bit more, have some more confidence in. So that's that's my thoughts on that. Um, and then the health of uh, of Nick. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know. It's it's hard to say. Like he he still looks pretty good out there. You know, like he's not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you actually had the numbers, you may, I would assume when you get to that age, you slow down just a little bit, but you know, everything else is still, is still there. Um, he just, it, 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 he, he just looks a step and a half slow. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that could also be, you know, he hasn't been able to train the way he right. probably normally trains in the last couple of years. And, and I know that intimately it's, it takes some time to get back to a level of being able to, to train and get yourself that prepared. Um, for everything I heard that he he's never worked harder this past summer to to get himself into a position to play and and that's a really good sign that he was able to to push that that hard but it takes time right and and he's the only one that's gonna that's gonna be able to to gauge that this summer and and see where he's at but but yeah it's 
it, it's just the way it is. I think it's just reality and you have to come to terms with, with his body being banged up and you're going to get, you're going to get this out of Nick Backstrom from now on until it's his body is ready to train back to the, to the level that, that he could normally train. So it, it's just a, it's just injuries, man. That's that's the way it is. And and and, he, and if if he is able to take an off season and rest it and train and come back to being the Nick Backstrom, even at, at this age that the Capitals expect, and he's a really good third line center at this point. That's great because if you've got Connor McMichael on an entry level cheap contract, as you're in theory growing into a second line center role, that's what the Capitals need. That's what the Canucks sucked after a bunch of years because they had the Sedins getting older and they didn't have guys kind of filling that the gap to the younger guys the capitals need alexiev and need mcmichael and need lapierre to be able to fill in and maybe lars eller's not back the next year because you need to clear cap space or something like that but the capitals need nick nick baxter to be nick baxter yeah they do he he's still he's still the guy same thing as tj right he runs a lot of stuff in that dressing room through different avenues through different avenues than tj does but he right. still he still does um so you, you need him you need him doing that and you need him mentoring guys and molding guys but Third line. I mean, I still think he's a he's a top two line guy. When you have a fourth line uh, that that uh, the Caps have, like that's your checking line, right? So right. you don't have to worry about Nick having to play, you know, such a such a defensive role if you don't want him to. You no, but you him. can have a top nine that can score and yeah. balance it out where where Nick is there, Connor's there, and if, yeah. if and you can have a top nine that can score. Yeah, that's true, and get yeah get a little bit more. Uh, parody throughout the lineup, I guess, and instead of just having to stack those two yeah, lines, yeah, just balance, would, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, for sure, you could do that. And and I don't know, I, I, I've said this. Nick, Nick is uh, my my favorite player that I've ever played with. Um, you know, watching him play was just so much, so much fun and such a treat. So, it's uh, be as patient as you need to be with this guy. Let him figure everything out, and and he's gonna be good because man, is he he's special. Uh, we're we're going to talk to, the, to you guys next week again on All's Caps. Carl, I want to give you one last parting shot. Anybody who's listening, whether it's it's the players, game ops, fans, just your <laughs> thoughts wrapping up the season before we go into kind of off season and exit day talk. Oh man, well I, I don't I don't want to get too too into some of that stuff because I'd like to actually have like legit sit downs and and uh, I have so many ideas. I've always had so many. I'm an idea guy. You know, it was my one of my nicknames was Activities Carl because I'm always thinking about. <laughs> doing something and so i got a couple ideas i'd love to run past uh you know things from like in-game ops to some pump up videos and and things like that we'll, we'll get to that at some point we can have like a good breakdown of of what i think would would work and and then actually be sweet to have a, a sit down with the uh with the team and, and see if anything can come to fruition but i don't know i think overall it was a bit of a weird year like so up weird and year. down you know it was it was uh it, it looked exactly the way it felt right like it was play good take the foot off the gas and kind of coast in the playoffs and then here we go playoff team and then it just didn't it, the result wasn't there from what we saw on the ice the product on the ice um so i thought that was just strange but this was really fun i mean Chatting hockey yeah. and and some some well, life. Carl, stupid questions. We'll come back. We will. We will yeah, be doing we'll come, that again. I still now. need to hit you with that too. So oh, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we got we got to pick a time this uh, this spring this summer to do that. Yes, absolutely. Now that we're not uh, breaking down hockey games as much, um, we'll we'll get and we'll get back into that. But I mean, I I, I think this was fun. I, I'd like to get some feedback from from people. If anybody listening wants to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, give us a little bit more feedback because I've had kind of mixed reactions from. Some people that love the interviews and the questions and other ones that love 
hearing just about hockey. So it'd be nice to get uh, some some listeners' uh, point of views, and maybe we'll we'll kind of tailor things uh, to that. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good time. So I'm happy we did this. Me too. I, I, as Tony Cornell, I'd like to say we'll, we'll do better next time. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to do better next time for activities. Carl, uh, I'm Steve. Uh, thanks everybody for listening this season we're not going anywhere we'll probably be back once a week for the rest of of the playoffs and the summer and and you'll still be hearing from us more Carl's stupid questions and of course more hockey analysis as we get on thank you everyone for letting us see all the scouts